Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? It's EJ Holland with the Wolverine.com back with another Wednesday live recruiting show. I hope you guys enjoyed yesterday's draft where I completely dominated our Zach Libby. It was a little bit of a different uh, type of podcast, but hope you guys enjoyed it. We always enjoy um, doing some unique things. And so that was one of them. And so I thought it went well. Uh, I thought my team dominated. And it looks like uh, the people that voted over at the Wolverine voted for my team. And so did the the commenters on our YouTube show last night. So shout out to you guys. As always, if you want to join the Michigan recruiting discussion over at the Wolverine.com, where you can get premium insider recruiting information, team information, basketball, basketball recruiting, NIL transfer portal, and more than you just get on these live shows, you you can subscribe today for just $29.99 through August 31st. Again, that gets you through spring football, the spring evaluation period, summer official visit season, the end of basketball season. So now is the perfect time to subscribe to the Wolverine.com. If you're already a subscriber, you can gift a subscription for any occasion and you can also refer us, uh, get your friends to sign up as well. Um, as always, like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is completely free. So, you know, no reason to, to not subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's free. You get an alert every time we drop a new video like this video. It helps with the algorithm um, and leave your comments with your thoughts on things. I think that should do it for the uh, promotional stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and get into y'all's question. Shout out to Indigo Ronan, who uh, prefers on three as the best recruiting network. And we'll go with his question first. Who do you feel is the next to or on the verge of committing to Michigan? That's a good question. I think there are a few different candidates. I think right now is the dead period. Obviously, February means that you can't visit schools. Now, there's a lot of... Uh, I guess, uh, question marks when it comes to the dead period from fans, uh, not really sure exactly what it means. All the dead period means is coaches can't visit you at school and you can't visit coaches at their school. So there's no visits and coaches can't go to high schools to see you, but coaches can still call recruits. Coaches can still text recruits. And I think there's a lot of that going on right now. Obviously, I think once March opens up for spring visits 
And uh, I was alerted last week that spring, I guess, according to the actual calendar, doesn't start till March 20th. Uh, but me as a recruiting reporter, I see spring as March 1st because that marks the end of the winter dead period and the start of spring visit season. I think once spring visit st season starts March 1st, you'll see Michigan get uh, back on track with commitments. And there are guys that Michigan is trending with. Obviously, one is Jaden Davis, who we talk a ton about. Now, Davis has obviously bolted on a decision timeline. If you remember, he said he was going to do it in December, and then he said he could do it in January. Obviously, those months have passed us, so it looks like it's possible that Davis takes his uh, recruitment into the spring period. And uh, from what I've been able to gather, Michigan is still the team to beat there. They are expecting him to come back in for a visit to check out a spring practice. So I think Michigan will definitely push to seal the deal with him sooner rather than later. And if you get Jaden Davis on board, that obviously helps with other guys. For, you know, for example, I think Michigan has the lead with four-star wide receiver, Amarion Stewart and Marion. I asked Amarion straight up. I was like, what else can Michigan do to win you over? It's clear Michigan is currently the team to beat in your recruitment, which he didn't deny. But he told me that one thing he would really like to know is the future of the quarterback position and that Jaden Davis uh, committing would definitely help out with him. He knows that it's possible that he only gets a year with J.J. McCarthy or maybe no years with J.J. McCarthy. And after that, the quarterback position isn't all that appealing to wide receivers. You have Davis Warren coming up. You have some project guys and Jaden Denegal, Alex Orgy, Kendrick Bell. There's no true elite quarterback that top wide receivers want to play with. And so I think getting Jaden Davis on board will help with wide receivers and skill positions in general. Uh, other guys that be, could be close, I think Michigan has the firm lead for Ben Roebuck, three-star offensive lineman out of Ohio. I think that Michigan is or should be the team to beat for Blake Frazier on 300 offensive lineman out of Texas, who is the son of former Michigan offensive lineman Steve Frazier. Now, Blake has made trips to several other schools. I think he just visited Penn State and Florida. I know he was recently on campus at Texas, but those ties to Michigan um, should help once he gets back in the spring. Uh, obviously, Michigan has the lead for Aaron Childs, top 100 linebacker out of only good counsel in Maryland. Childs named Michigan his leader, told me that on the record. And, uh, you know, I think right now Michigan still leads. I, uh, in fact, just put up a story on Aaron Childs, who told me Michigan still leads. And he's planning to make a return visit in early March. He's still working on the exact date, looking at maybe the third or the fourth, but he will be back on campus to check out a spring practice. So I think they're close on a handful of guys. Uh, maybe I, I missed a guy or two, but uh, they have to seal the deal here once they get these guys back on campus for spring visits. All right, let's go ahead and go down to Mike B. And he says, can we talk about Jaden Davis and the new report today about Ohio State trending in the right direction? Yeah, so I think someone tagged me in that. It was a tweet from um, an Ohio State Rivals 
reporter. I don't know how much uh, stock I necessarily put into that guy. No offense to that guy. I, I don't know who he is. Um, if it was a tweet from Jeremy Birmingham, who does a great job of covering the Buckeyes over there, then I would be a little bit more concerned. I don't know who this guy is or, or anything about him. So I don't know how much legitimacy there is to that report until you know, one of the more notable Buckeye writers like uh, like a Jeremy Birmingham or Bill Kerlick uh, report something like that, then I'm not really too invested into it. Uh, obviously, we'll do my due diligence and look into it. If you remember Ohio State uh, the first time around, uh, had the lead with Jaden Davis. They ended up taking the route of Dylan Rayola, landed a commitment from him, uh, looked like they burned some bridges with Jaden Davis. Rayola obviously ended up decommitting from the Buckeyes. Ryan Day and company went out to Charlotte to visit Jaden Davis at his high school last month. So I know Ohio State has circled back. Are they mending the fences? Yeah, it's certainly a possibility that they are mending fences, but I haven't heard anything that, Ohio State's now suddenly the team to beat. I still like Michigan here, but obviously Jaden Davis has not committed for a reason. So I, I definitely have some pause. I know fans have pause and you should because, you know, the timeline continues to uh, move back a, a, instead of a, a set decision date. So that does give an opportunity uh, for Ohio State to improve its chances for uh, Tennessee maybe to make a run. North Carolina's obviously been involved. Clemson's obviously been involved. But I, I think the school that's still been the constant that's recruiting Davis the hardest is Michigan. I also think with uh, a spring visit in the works that the Wolverines can potentially finalize the deal. But we'll see. I mean, it's it's been uh, a little weird here with Jaden Davis over the last couple of months but I still like where Michigan stands you know if I were Michigan I, I'd apply a little bit of pressure and expand the quarterback board and have some contingency plans which I think Kirk Campbell's doing um Campbell has followed some other quarterbacks on social media he's been in contact with fellow top 100 quarterback Michael Van Buren out of St. Francis so um I, I like the uh direction that Campbell is going in. Not that that says, you know, we're going to be out of it for Jaden Davis or anything like that. You know, do you still continue to recruit Jaden Davis hard? If Jaden Davis is the guy in your mind, you continue to make him the guy, but you apply a little bit of pressure. There's no need for an all your eggs in one basket type of approach, especially at a school like Michigan. I think it's a dumb approach and you should always have multiple quarterbacks on the board. Even if you like a quarterback as much as uh, Michigan appears to like Jaden Davis, it's always smart to have uh, different options. Let's go ahead and go down to another Jaden Davis type question. And it comes from go blue 81. And he says, are you worried about Ron Bellamy taking over Jaden Davis's recruitment over Campbell and Harbaugh? Um, I wouldn't say that Ron Bellamy and everybody knows I, I love Ron Bellamy and I covered Ron Bellamy when he was at West Bloomfield. And so I'm a big Ron Bellamy fan, but I don't think Ron Bellamy is necessarily the lead lead guy. Like he is a leader in the recruitment for sure. He's obviously been out to Providence day in the past. He's built relationships with Jaden Davis and his family. I think he's kind of a constant, assistant coach because you've had Matt Weiss depart 
because Kirk Campbell wasn't as involved in recruiting, then Bellamy is that guy that they've already had some familiarity with. And obviously Jim Harbaugh can't be involved in recruiting every second of the day or even every day of the week because he has a lot of other responsibilities to do. And so, while I think that this recruitment will still come down to Jim Harbaugh and Campbell's already reached out to Jaden Davis. That was his first call, but I think they still need to develop a relationship Um, I think Harbaugh will still get in it when he needs to. I think it's still going to come down to Jim Harbaugh winning this recruitment and closing the deal. But look, if you're going to have a non-quarterback assistant coach be the faux leader in this recruitment, then you want Ron Bellamy. I mean, he has a terrific personality. He's really clicked well with the wide receivers that are at Jaden Davis's school in Channing Goodwin and Jordan Ship. Like I said, there's already familiarity there. He's been involved in the Jaden Davis recruitment. He knows the family really well. So I'm not worried about Ron Bellamy being the go-to assistant on staff for Jaden Davis. I think it's going to take time for uh, or a little bit of time for Kirk Campbell to to develop a meaningful relationship. And I think Harbaugh picks and chooses his spots for when he really needs to make a personal push. So I think it's a plus to have uh, Ron Bellamy as, as your assistant coach that's really working hard on, on the Providence Day kids. Let's go ahead and go down to Evan Corson. And he says, what do you love most about uh, your job? Um, the two things I love the most about my job are one, uh, I obviously get to build relationships uh, with kids that are from uh, similar circumstances that I was. So I feel like it's a cool way to kind of give back and, and kind of give exposure to kids. I still love, um, you know, telling stories and giving their profiles and building relationships. Um, It's really cool when you connect with certain kids like a Will Johnson or a Dante Moore, Donovan Edwards or Junior Colson, guys that I really, really developed uh, meaningful relationships that that'll last forever. And it's really cool to see the progression from guys you really develop a relationship with all the way through their careers. So, you know, looking at guys in the NFL, like Jalen Waddle, for example, like I saw his Applebee's commercial the other day and I was like, man, it just feels like yesterday. Um, I was with Jaden Waddle, you know, joking around. I, I've looked at an old video of him uh, doing a freestyle on my phone. Like, it's just crazy uh, to see that progression or, or Jeff Okuda. Like I remember meeting Okuda when he was like an eighth grader and he was a top five NFL draft pick. Like it's, it's wild. It's pretty cool uh to to see that and so definitely hope to see guys like donovan will junior dante uh do that as well um so yeah just the building uh, of relationships is something that's really important to me and i think that's why it's been a little tough with the rise of nil to um to really have those meaningful relationships just because recruitments can turn uh, in such a short period of time. And, and I think that sucks, uh, but you gotta, you gotta adapt, obviously. Um, the other thing I really love about my job is getting to travel. I had never left the state of Texas until I was 21. Um, I just, I mean, growing up down in, in South Texas and then being in Dallas for basically my whole first half of my life, I never had that opportunity. Um, you know, f- my family didn't fiscally and uh, Texas is obviously a large state. I actually went 
to SMU in Dallas, which is nine hours away from my hometown, but it is still in the state of Texas, which is uh, wild how big Texas is. So I never got to travel. I never got to see the world. Um, and my job now affords me the opportunity to do that. I feel like I've, I travel even too much now to the point where I'm tired of traveling, but I think I only have like 10 more States to go and I'll have seen all 50, um, from the time I was 21 to now, uh, going into 31, the, uh, the last 10 years have been great getting to see all different parts of the country, different countries as well. Uh, so it's been pretty awesome to, be able to travel and see things that I didn't get to see um, as a kid. So those are probably the two things I love the most about my job. Um, Go Blue 81 says, I see we are offering more and more kids in Texas because we have the best high school players. Do you think we can get some of that talent? I mean, I'm obviously partial to Texas. That is still my home state. Um, I still have love for texas um like i said i was in texas my whole life so i always wanted to leave texas but uh it's great to see michigan involved with prospects in the lone star state obviously the best high school football in the country is in texas uh don't want to hear your florida or california arguments i think it's great that michigan's trying to establish um a, a real presence there you know if you want to land Texas kids, you have to fully invest in being there. And I think it's possible. You know, you've seen guys that I just mentioned, you know, you've seen them leave this state and uh, you've seen Ohio State have success in Texas. They did land Jeff Okuda, who was wanted by a ton of guys. They did land uh, J.K. Dobbins, who had several major offers. They landed Baron Browning, who had several major offers. Jackson Smith Nigba, who was actually my neighbor, um, left Texas to go to Ohio State. So if Ohio State is capable of landing a big fish from Texas every cycle, I think Michigan is as well. I think you've seen them land um, some more upside pros prospects in recent cycles like Alex Orgy and Ike Wona and, and uh, Jamon and German Green. But I think they can make, take the next step and land those Ohio State level prospects. I mean, there's no reason Michigan shouldn't be able to hit the state of Texas and, and do the same. I mean, Ohio State's had so much success there with high end prospects, guys that I just named. I mean, I even forgot Garrett Wilson as well, even though I know he was originally from Ohio. They've just landed so many guys. I think Michigan is more than capable of doing that. And in this cycle, they've already had some big time Texas guys on campus. Taylor Tatum's a top 100 running back. Uh, Michael Uini's a non 300 offensive lineman. Uh, Blake Frazier, even though he's a legacy, has obviously been to campus, another on 300 offensive lineman. Uh, Max Anderson, another on 300 offensive lineman, is looking to make a visit to Michigan soon. There are several other Texas guys that are looking to visit Michigan soon. So I think they're doing a great job there. And Mike Elston was obvious, always busy when he was at Notre Dame in the state of Texas. And so I think he'll continue to help Michigan's presence in the Lone Star State. Uh, let's go to Jackson Hells for a recruit closer to home. He says, what does Jeremiah Beasley pushing back his commitment mean for Michigan? I think it helps Michigan. I think there might've been a little pressure for Beasley to go to Michigan State where his half-brother 
Malik Carr plays. Um, I think had he stuck with his original timeline, I might have seen, I might have forecasted him to end up with Sparty, but I think this gives Michigan more of a chance. I think it's a, I think it's a plus for sure. You get Jeremiah Beasley back in for an unofficial visit in the spring. You get him back in for an official visit in the summer. I think that really boosts Michigan's chances. Now you have Jacob Odin committed. Odin and Beasley have been friends since uh, since they were children. So I think that Odin's definitely going to help in the recruitment of Jeremiah Beasley. I think Michigan has mended a lot of fences around the state. You know, no longer have anti-Jim Harbaugh head coach Jermaine Crowell at Belleville. So I think that's a plus for Michigan as well. Uh, Beasley is a high academic kid. I believe he's a 4.0 or close to a 4.0 kid, really soft-spoken, but really smart. Great football player as well. I've said this in the past, but I don't think we talk enough about Jeremiah Beasley. Look, I love Aaron Childs. I think Aaron Childs is a five-star level prospect, uh, but I would still love to have Jeremiah Beasley. I think Jeremiah Beasley is a firm top 300 player. You see he's ranked number 268 in the consensus. He's this perfect scheme fit, just like Childs. He can get sideline to sideline. He can cover. He loves to hit. I think they would complement each other well. I'd love to see Childs in the Mike role and Beasley in the Will role. Uh, um, I think they, uh, they're two guys that Michigan can land. Um, but in terms of Beasley himself, I think it gives Michigan a better opportunity to continue to make an impact. And plus, now you have Chris Partridge, who may coach the linebackers, and Partridge is known as an elite-level recruiter, and he may do a better job uh, than George Hilo. We'll see uh, if, if that's the way those uh, those cards shake out. I know Jesse Minter's done a fantastic job as defensive coordinator. I know Steve Klingscale, his area recruiter, has done a phenomenal job as well. Ron Bellamy, uh, with his ties around uh, the state of Michigan, has helped out here as well. So, uh, yeah, his half-brother does play for Michigan State. There might be a little pressure for him to play for the Spartans, but I think the pushback helps Michigan for sure. Uh, let's go down to – oh, we got a super chat from Francis Garcia. Yes, there we go. Shout out to Hutch with the uh, Ric Flair gift. How are kids from Europe recruited? Is it only from international scouts and then the decision is made off tape? Or do coaches actually go abroad? Uh, so interesting question, Francis. Um, the coaches don't go abroad to evaluate the international prospects. They're usually brought over to the United States to perform in front of the coaches. So um, I'll use Brandon Collier as an example, since he's the name that most Michigan fans are going to be familiar with. So Brandon Collier, uh, great dude, runs PPI recruits out in Europe based out of Germany. And he usually is able to identify some talent in different club leagues out there. He's uh, a well-known trainer and uh, just recruiting guru, I guess you could call him in Europe. And so guys gravitate towards him, um, including a Merrick Kumba who signed with Michigan last cycle. And so in the case of Collier and Kumba, uh, Collier runs a dream chasers tour uh, every year. So he brings several high end European prospects and he did this with, with Kumba. Um, he did this with Kumba last year and brought him over along with, you know, like, I, I want to say like 20 kids or so. I'm not sure 
be messing up that number, but he brought a, a large group of kids, including Kumba, over to the United States during summer satellite camp season. And so they actually got a chance, those European prospects actually got a chance to go through drills and uh, do what the coaches wanted them to do so they could get a proper evaluation. So Kumba performed in front of Mike Elston at a satellite camp and uh, Elston was at another satellite camp that Kumba was at as well. So they were able to offer him and then get him to campus and Manuel Beagle, who's the 2024 defensive line commit. He actually uh, camped with Michigan at their summer camp. Uh, so Brandon was able to get him there as well. Uh, so to answer your question, usually uh, European kids play in a club league. They usually link up with uh, Brandon Collier's PPI recruits, or I believe there's another organization out there called Gridiron Imports. Uh, they come out here for camps and stuff, perform in front of staffs, and that's usually how they get the offers. And obviously they submit the the little film that they do have from their club league. So hopefully that answers your questions, uh, Francis. I'm hoping to go abroad. I want to go check out the European talent. So um, I think it would be cool to follow uh, a European recruit around and tell his story. But Manuel Beagle's now in uh, the United States playing at Choate Rosemary Hall. I had a chance to see him play last year. Um, really interested to see how he develops as a senior and really excited about Amerit Kumba, man. He's uh Really well built. I think the coaches obviously just need to continue to develop him in the strength and conditioning program, as well as teach him more of the nuances and technical aspects of the game. So a lot of upside with both of those prospects. Let's go down to um, Go Blue eighty one with another question. Uh, he says, "Do you think Walker?" will be able to help with the 2024 class because he sure sounds like he wants to get kids for the 2025 class. So Mantras Walker, um, new Michigan linebacker commit, uh, really exciting takes two big time recruits from the Southeast for Michigan. Now in the 2025 class, you have Mantras Walker and you have top 100 cornerback, Chris Ewald out of Florida. So I'm not, <laughs> I know Michigan fans are wondering if those guys will stick for the next two years. We'll see. But for now, I think you just take your victories and uh, stay happy about it. But Mantras Walker does seem pretty vocal, as does Ewald. I know Walker's already working on some of his teammates at Buford. There are some 2024 recruits at Buford with uh, Michigan offers, including top edge target Edrick Houston, as well as corner four-star cornerback target Tyson White. I know there are some others that I'm probably not recalling off the top of my head, but yeah, he's going to be in involved with a lot of 25 kids, and I think he'll help with guys he knows in the 2024 class. I think it's really positive to see both Mantras Walker and Chris Ewald be as vocal as they are so early. Again, it's a long way to signing day for two guys that are out of region, but they seem as committed as they can be early on in the process. Coblue81 um, says, on a personal note, it's, it's cool if you don't want to talk about uh, the issues or beef between you and Sam Webb. Uh, yeah, there is definitely some beef there, as you guys know. Uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about it or, or say anything too bad uh, about Sam. He does things his way and I do things my way. At the end of the day, uh, you know, it's it's just fun for me. Look, I mean, I have a life outside away from doing these YouTube 
lives. I think it's fun to be competitive. I think it's great to have competition. I think it's fun to hate your competition. I think even though, you know, I just write about teenage kids, I think it's cool to try to be the best at what you're doing. So there's always going to be natural competition and uh, competitive fire and stuff. It's nothing personal. I don't know Sam Webb as a guy. Um, you know, I don't know if he's a good dude or bad dude or not. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I'm just trying to do my job and have fun with it. And I know some people don't love my style, but I'm all here. We're here to have fun, right? We, I cover recruiting. It's not like I work in accounting or it's not like I'm my wife getting my PhD. Like I cover recruiting. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be competitive. And so, uh, like I said, nothing personal. Like, I, I don't know if I'd want to, you know, do anything crazy on a personal level there, but uh, I think it's just, it's just business. It's fun. Um, let's go to Ben Recht. And he says biggest visitors confirmed for March. So I, Michigan's still confirming exact dates, but I can tell you they are expecting in the Providence day crew, which I mentioned earlier, Jaden Davis, Shannon Goodwin, uh, Jordan ship coming back for spring visits, um, it is expected for Aaron Childs to come back in early March. Like I said earlier, looking at March 3rd or 4th, still hammering out the details. Darian Mayo, um, three-star edge out of good counsel. I say three-star, but I think this guy's going to rise into the top 300. Uh, he is a monster of a prospect at six foot seven, man. He was really impressive when I saw him in-game this fall, so he's coming uh, in for a visit of his own. So Charles and Mayo, even though their teammates are not coming in together. Um, and I think you'll see the local guys come in. I think you'll see Brady Prescorn come in for another visit. Jeremiah Beasley come in for another visit. So Michigan's still mapping out exact dates, still confirmed dates, but I, I would expect a, a large amount of recruits to come in. And I'm personally excited to get back for the spring game on April 1st. And I think you'll see a lot of recruits there as well. Uh, Brady Prescorn update, uh, asked Simon Olson, nothing really too new to report. You know, Brady doesn't visit any schools in January. He is continuing to kind of stay low key when it comes to his recruitment. I still feel like Michigan is in a great spot early on. Grant Newsom was at his basketball game right before the dead period. Like I said, I think you'll see Prescorn on campus for one of these spring, uh, practices for sure. So, uh, Michigan's still trending in the right direction. There are some SEC schools that are really interested in him. Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State all really like him as well. I think Prescorn will stay closer to home. I think with the uh, ties he has to Michigan and the job that Michigan's doing recruiting him as well as the way the Wolverines utilize the tight end position, I think that's going to make Michigan really hard to beat. Uh, Go Blue 81 asks, what part of South Texas am I from? I was born in Brownsville, Texas, which is like, I don't know, like five miles from the Mexican border, like 10 miles from like Gulf Cartel headquarters. So, yeah, I am a, I'm a real Mexican. That's why my uh, skin is brown. Um, Holland actually comes from like a way, way ancient ancestor. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely weird. Uh, let's go ahead and go down to Adam Brashear. And he says, is Coach Elston going to be close with Justin Scott or going to be able to close with Justin Scott? So I misread that. Uh, Justin Scott, obviously elite level defensive lineman. I think he's a five-star prospect all the way. And 
is uh, arguably the top defensive lineman in the country. It looks like he is number three, according to the consensus, and number two, according to on three. When you look at Justin Scott, man, six foot five, 310 pounds, an extreme disruptor in the interior of the defensive line, super athletic, great feet. Uh, a guy that's still coming into his own from a power aspect. He's always been a basketball player, so he's never had full time in the weight room. I'm really excited to see what Justin Scott looks like in a couple of years. But in terms of Michigan and are they going to be able to close, you know, that's the guy that they need to get on keep back on campus and really, really get back in into his favor and really start turning the tides there. I think Michigan has slipped a little bit in recent months. However, I think it was great for Michigan that Scott pushed back his decision date. Had he stuck with January, I think he would be committed elsewhere. Um, so we'll see how Mike Elston proceeds here, but he is at the very, very top of the board and remains one of the biggest targets. Uh, let's go down to, let's see who will be, our first running back commit says Scott Knapp. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was trying to look and see if there were any other questions. Uh, Scott Knapp, I am not sure who will be the first running back commit. I think of the big two, you have Jordan Marshall, you have Taylor Tatum. Um, and those two guys, I think, are going to wait a little bit. I think Marshall is looking to potentially make a decision in the summer. Taylor Tatum's told me he wants to uh, make it potentially in February. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out uh, if he does take it all the way to, to next February, which is a year from now. There are some really intriguing number two running back options that we're not talking a lot about that we need to. Uh, a guy I really like that I put a story up today on is Dewan Williams out of Baltimore, St. Francis. He just made a visit in January. Obviously, you have the St. Francis connections. Uh, Dylan Jones at Good Council. Like, nobody's talking about him. Michigan offered him. I think with Michigan being really involved with Darian Mayo and Aaron Childs, they could make a run at Dylan Jones. Darian Dupree down in Chicagoland is another option that uh, – that's obviously close from a proximity standpoint and like would like to make his first visit to Michigan this spring. You have the guys down in Texas that Mike Hart offered, including Harry Stewart out of Frisco. That seems really high on Michigan. So there are some different options uh, that are not named Taylor Tatum or Jordan Marshall. I don't think right now there's a clear cut like, oh, I think this running back is close to committing to Michigan. I think uh, there will be two backs this cycle. And I think Mike Hart needs to continue to work hard on all his options. And it's great to see him uh, cast a wide net. Um, shout out to Go Blue 81 RGV956. Uh, let's go down to... I think we're almost done with all the questions. We've actually met our 30 minute mark. So only a few more or only time for one or two more questions. Uh, now's the perfect time to remind you guys that this is almost over. So if you want a question answered, go ahead and leave a super chat. Um, like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That is completely free. Um, and also subscribe to the Wolverine.com, just $29.99 until August 31st. Let's take the last question and get out of here unless somebody comes in with a super chat. And shout out to Francis for his super chat earlier. Uh, Kevin Reinbrandt says, 
Zach drafted Sammy Brown. I know you think that's a little off kilter. Our chances with Brown and Chris Jones right now. Uh, so again, this is the last question. Shout out to Kevin for getting in before we depart, unless you guys come in with a super chat. <laughs> Sammy Brown was definitely a cheat. I mean, come on, dude. Like, how are you going to take Sammy Brown? No offense to Zach. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed my time working with Zach. He's been a great addition to the Wolverine.com, but his pick of Sammy Brown was nonsense. He should not have drafted Sammy Brown. Um, look, I don't think Michigan is in any real type of contention with Sammy Brown. He left Mich- Here's what happened. He left Michigan out of his top schools. And here you see Sammy Brown. He's the number one linebacker in the country, the number 13 overall recruit nationally. So, Sammy Brown left Michigan out of his top schools. Jim Harbaugh was in Georgia early in early January, throughout January. I think he made it, made a couple of stops there. Anyway, he was making swings around January. Obviously, he had in-home visits with Nathan Afobi and Benjamin Hall and stuff like that. He visited Buford. He also stopped by to see Sammy Brown because why not? You're already in Georgia, and this guy's the number one linebacker in the country, and he did visit last year. So Sammy Brown told our on three national analyst, Chad Simmons, that Michigan was still talking to him, and so they were kind of still in the mix, even though they weren't in his top six. So that's about the extent of it. Could Michigan maybe shock me and make a move with Sammy Brown? Sure, but I'm not banking on it right now. I think Michigan is very, very much on the outside looking in. I do think Michigan does have a better chance with Chris Jones, uh, top 150 linebacker out of Stafford, Virginia. I had a chance to go out to Stafford last week and saw Chris Jones at a private workout. He's still very interested in Michigan. Uh, He did make a visit in the fall. He'd like to get back to Michigan in the spring. Um, There are several schools involved in this recruitment, including Penn State, Ohio State, Florida actually might be trending in that recruitment. Uh, Jones is a really interesting prospect and would pair well with Aaron Childs. Now, Childs is listed at 6'3", 220, uh, Chris Jones 6'2", 215. But even though Jones is at 6'2", he's actually really long for that height and maybe 6'3 now. He had a, an inch or two on me for sure when I saw him last week. Um, but like I said, he has really long arms despite the 6'2 listing. And he has a lot of experience coming off the edge. He plays a lot of five technique at the high school level for for Mountain View. So uh, I think Chris Jones would be perfect for the Will spot, and I think that Aaron Childs, like I said earlier, would be perfect for the Mike spot. Do you think Michigan probably has a better shot at Jeremiah Beasley filling that role, but they are still squarely in the mix with Chris Jones. Jones has not had an opportunity to talk to Chris Partridge just yet, but once Partridge gets on the line with him, I do think that that will improve Michigan's chances. All right, guys, that was the last question. Like I said, I appreciate you guys for joining. Like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel for free. Um, Also, subscribe to thewolverine.com, $29.99 until August 31st. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week.